Well, I find it, you're hearing this more, more and more often, aren't you, Pastor? The willingness to make a fool out of myself. It's quoting Paul, but he's doing it for the gospel. He's not doing it to so you would learn humility early. He's doing it for the sake of the gospel that people know that that, that Jesus Christ was the sacrifice for all sin. Not so you learn humility early. hundred years ago, Martin Luther would gather around the kitchen table with friends and theologians to talk about the Bible, theology, current events, and anything else. These discussions were called table talks. No matter what the question, the conversations always centered around Jesus and his promise of the forgiveness of sins. Table Talk Radio takes up the conversation, bringing the promise of the gospel to our lives. Stay tuned for Table Talk Radio. Welcome to the next edition of Table Talk Radio. I'm Evan Gigline, and we are here with the co-host, Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. You say that with such uh, love and affection in your in your voice there, Evan. I love it. Yes. How was your Christmas? Oh, <laughs> that's a weird question. Seeing as Christmas is five days away, but all of you listening... Uh, have already had your Christmases. It's just sort of the strange Table Talk Radio time warp. Uh, it, by the way, is the reason that when you uh, when you respond to our uh, our calls for calls and and free points and everything, you don't hear about it on the next show because you know it's happening three weeks after we record. Yeah, in, in fact, we're going to be responding to some callers at the end of this program, and uh, one of them wishes us a happy Thanksgiving. So you can kind of put that in perspective of. Uh, <laughs> How, how far so apart these are? My, my tr- I trust that my celebration of the Lord's nativity will be fantastic in, uh, in the hearing of the word of his birth. And so I'll say with confidence, Christmas was great this year. All right. Thanks for asking. Good. Yes. All right. Well, um, responding to listeners is the last part of our show, but uh, we also are playing Name That Theologian. I have some ancient theologians for you. And uh, you you were behind on your show, perhaps you only found one modern one for me. Is that right? Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> behind on my show. The, oh, the, give me a break. The, the, <laughs> the truth is, I woke up this morning, called you, and said, "What are we doing today?" Right. That's right. And you, and you mine you was had, I was ready to go. Why we're recording you, so yeah, late? Right. You had the whole outline for me. Yeah, uh, that's right. And then everyone's favorite game. This this is the game that we uh, we don't play very often because it. it requires the most show prep of any other segment we do but it's the favorite of our listeners and that is biggest loser where we nice. listen to some uh, popular sermons and we cut out the fat of the sermon and uh and our, our preachers go through the table talk radio uh, weight loss uh weight weight loss exercise program yeah sermon exercising that's right see, and, and see how much uh beef is left after all the fats cut out and uh we got a couple we got a couple uh, preachers on the on the treadmill going right now, and we'll see what's left. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm worried for some of them. I was just going to say that right now. I'm worried that there will be anything left. But uh, all of that is, is headed up by "Don't forget the lyrics to your hymns." And so yes, that's what my we're favorite playing game. Right now. All right. Apparently. Well, then uh, I guess we should hit the ground rolling. How this works is we we play a, uh, the hymn, and we'll stop it at the end of the, of the stanza. And Pastor Wolfmiller tries to see if he can finish. The stanza. Yeah, which I did one time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So we'll increase 500. I'm trying to bounce back from my loss from uh, from Iron Preacher last week. Ooh, where I got are you still shellacked. sore from that? Well, yeah, but look, I'm so I'm coming back with a vengeance. I was training all week. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so let's have let's have at it. This hymn. You have a Christmas hymn, I, I hope? It is a Christmas hymn because this is the second week of... of uh, er, the week of the second Sunday in, in Christmas, of course. Oh, good. That's right. And remember that Christmas is a 12-day celebration. There's a what the church calls a decatave. You know, that means just there's 12 days of Christmas. Starts on uh, starts on December 25th and goes for 12 days till the Epiphany on uh, January 6th. So we're right in the middle of that and uh, celebrating still the Lord's incarnation, His coming to us in our flesh. And we do so sometimes by singing uh, hymns. And so here we go. That's right, and uh, you can respond to this uh, on our website, on our forum, tabletalkrio.org, and there's a forum button right there. So, And I was just stalling to get this loaded because I didn't have it ready. Okay, here it is. From heaven above to earth I come to bear good news to 
Sing. Uh, here, it? here it is. Whereof I now will say and sing. Will say and sing. So I'm sorry, do not get. <laughs> oh, come on. That's so close. We're not going to do all 14 stanzas of this hymn. Yes, are we? we this are. Is this, this great uh, Luther <laughs> hymn, From Heaven Above to Earth I Come, which he wrote for the children. It's like a. Uh, it's a children's Christmas hymn. Now you say the children, fourteen stanzas, but they they all had different parts and everything like this. And uh, I, you know, I thought when I first started looking at this hymn, uh, from heaven above to earth I came. I thought it was talking about the Lord Jesus, but actually, here in the first stanza, it's talking about the angels who came down from heaven to earth to proclaim uh, the birth of the Savior, uh, and that's what this first stanza is about. Yeah, uh, I actually <laughs> fell into the same error. Uh, in fact. It wasn't until recently <laughs> that I was corrected. So, um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a classic mistake. Don't don't be hard on yourself about that. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks for that comfort. <laughs> so I don't get any points for that. And you cut it off on the whole. What about my easy rule where you are only supposed to drop off the last couple words? <laughs> Your have pity on Pastor Wolfmiller rule. Right. Okay. I'll. I feel bad now. I'll give you two hundred <laughs> points for that. This, by the way, for you listeners, this is uh, the preaching of the law in action here. You see this contrition worked by the law. All right. All right. Mr. Will, how, many, how many points? You got 200. So I'm going to keep a little scoreboard here, too. So, you know. Nice. All righty. Are you ready for the next one? Sure. Ready. be the king of all the earth shall be the joy of all the earth i'm sorry you did not get that one either well i will be the joy of all the earth <laughs> i i think the marvelous thing about christmas hymns is you have this uh con- i mean really the the paradox of christmas the marvelous mystery of christmas is just perfect for him so you have the lowly uh, condition of Jesus, but at the same time, you know, you know who this is. Uh, this is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, who's laying here, cold and wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. And so, you you have this um, this beautiful paradox playing out, and you hear, have it here too. He he who has this lowly birth shall be the joy of all the earth. So the innkeeper doesn't even have room uh, in in his inn for the holy family to come and stay, and yet uh, the the whole earth will will receive the benefit and the joy of the of the Lord's coming in the flesh. That's marvelous. Yeah, speaking of paradox, how about a virgin bearing a son? Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing, it's just it just blows your circuits, you know? Uh, so you have you, you have a virgin with a baby in her womb. You have a you have a baby who is the who in whom dwells the fullness of the Godhead. Uh, this is just really stunning, but and and this is all all of these kind of paradoxes or mysteries are pushing towards the greatest of all that God suffers and bleeds and dies on the cross for the sins of wicked men. Uh, so so we see this all the way through the Lord's ministry that He comes not like we expect Him to come, but but as He's pleased to come in His love for us to to rescue us from our sin. That's right. But anyway, for that, no points. Well, I'll give you another 200. You were pretty close again. So, you <laughs> Well, know, Joy and I, King I, are pretty I different. Do, because I do, <laughs> I do want to point out, though, that in the real game, uh, don't forget the lyrics, you have to get it exactly right. Have you ever watched that show? Uh, we, we just steal the name for our own purposes. You don't watch it. That's right. I, could, <laughs> I assume I, I judge the book by the cover. I judge the show by the name. Oh, is that I know everything it, I need to know about it just from the name. So, for example, Table Talk Radio, tune that sucker right out. (laughs) All right, 200 points for that one. So you're up to 400. How do I get points in this game? You don't. You've got to wait for Name That Theologian. I did all the work to prepare these these songs, and I don't even get any points for it. That's That's why you have so many points to give away. Look, (laughs) it's better to give than to receive. 
or sorry, the Christmas spirit or whatever that is. <laughs> All right, well let's let's do the next one because we're uh, uh, I have time for one more. Here it is. This is the Christ, our God Most High, who hears your sad and bitter cry. He will Himself your Savior be. Oof, I don't know this one. He will himself your savior be. Uh, nope, I can't think of it. You want to give me a couple words on the line? Okay. Uh, From all your sins. To set you free. Oh, wow, that was easy. Okay. From all your sins to set you free. There it is. You got it right. Nice. So I had to give you a a, a, a pretty good nudge there. Yeah, that's true. So, well, that was yeah. This is a beautiful thing. You know what? Here's something amazing. We know that Luther's theology centered on the preaching of the gospel, the forgiveness of sins, the doctrine of justification. You see in his hymns, though, a slightly different emphasis. It's the same thing, coming at a different direction. We see him speaking of how the Lord Jesus comes to overcome sin uh, by overcoming death and the devil, and bringing his kingdom and his freedom. And this sort of thing. So you have different images of the gospel, different images of salvation that come out in these hymns that Luther gives us, um, which kind of rounds out his preaching as well, and and, and brings the fullness of of the kingdom of God, which is well, which is what we have at Christmas and on the cross. I will award you 150 points for that. So we need to take a break, but we can do a few more stands after this break, and we'll head head into name that theologian. So let's take a break. Don't go away. More Table Talk Radio right after this commercial break. Hi, this is Todd Wilkin, host of Issues Etc. When I can't sleep, I listen to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. In the middle of playing the game, don't forget the lyrics to your hymns. The hymn we're discussing is From Heaven Above to Earth I Come. And, Pastor, you're hanging right at 550 points. Uh, Only getting 150 for that last one because I had to give you a big uh, nudge to get it. Yeah, I appreciate your generosity here. (laughs) You're being kind. All right, you ready? Merry, that's my Christmas gift. You. Merry Christmas! Hey, thank you, thank you. Evan. <laughs> um, Yours is in the ma- in the mail. <clears throat> <laughs> All right. Well, here's the next one. He will on you the gifts bestow, prepared by God for all below, that in His kingdom bright and fair. Ugh. I had tr- a little bit of trouble with that when the harpsichord seemed like it was coming through a little loud or something. So could you read, do, would you mind reading me the... I suppose I could do that. All right. Um, he will on you the gifts bestow, prepared by God for all below, that in his kingdom, bright and fair... Oh, man. Huh. In his kingdom, bright and fair... Uh... I can't even. I, I'm stumped again. I'll give you another nudge. All you, right. you may with us. His glory share. That's right. But could you sing it at a higher octave? He may with us his glory share. He may with us his glory share. That's right. Right on. That's me singing on the CD there. Oh, it is. Don't you? I, I thought I recognized those books. <laughs> When it says uh, the women sing these different stanzas, <laughs> yeah, his glory share. Now this is something. Do you see the uh, the image of salvation here? Is that we're sharing in the divine glory? Is that is that because God and man are now united in the personal union of the two natures of Christ? That God and man are uh, well. It's like Peter says that we uh, participate in the divine nature. It's really quite stunning that the Lord has has overcome every barrier that exists between Himself and us in his birth and death and resurrection. And so now we have this uh, this marvelous unity with God, which is the, uh, one of the fantastic results of our sins being forgiven. 
Uh, it's really wonderful. So we're sharing his glory. He 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 shares in our lack of glory, in our poverty, in our weakness, in our sin, and in our shame, so that we can share in all, in his glory and, and his wonder and his. Oh, this is really great stuff. Yeah, the the, the gifts that he's bestowing on us, as that first part says. Um, yeah, very good. Well, uh, do I do about one more then, or sure, sure. Okay, Let's well. For those, for those following along at home, uh, this skips to the eighth stanza. Welcome to earth, O noble guest, through whom the sinful world is blessed. You came to share my misery. From all my sorrows set me free. Uh, here it is. That you might share your joy with me. Oh, man. Well, so, z- zero for that one. Skunk expert. That's, this is this, uh, you know, Luther called this theology the great exchange, you know? Uh, right. So here's, here would be a good exchange. I, I said, all right, Evan, I'll, I'll trade you my empty coffee cup here, and you give me uh, 500 Table Talk Radio points. Uh, how about that for a, a good exchange? Because uh, look at you're getting some for nothing. I say to you, look, I'll give you my car if you give me 500 table talk radio points. Yeah, that's a pretty, that's a fantastic exchange. <laughs> but here, this is how it is with Jesus. We we say here, Lord, you can have my sin, you can have my death, you can have my misery, you can have my shame, you can have my uh, all the wickedness that I've inherited from Adam and added to it since. You have all of that, and then. He gives us his righteousness and his blessedness and his spirit and his name and his kingdom and uh, his eternal life and the forgiveness of all of our sins and all of these sorts of things. I mean, this is the exchange that's going on here, too. And so that's what the stanza is talking about, how the Lord empties himself out from everything so that he can fill us up with everything that belongs to him. The other exchange that's going on right here is the 700 points that you have is, is being given to me and you get my zero points, so. <laughs> All right, that, that's going on. There too. you go. <laughs> of course, the problem with that is it's an equal trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good point. <laughs> Ew, good um, points. All right. Well, that that is a great hymn. Um, I would encourage uh, our <laughs> listeners to to learn that one. That that'd be one worth your while. All right. Uh, what are we playing? Name that theologian is next. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Yes, I'm giving now, giving theologians first. Go ahead. Yep, the requirement, the the parameters here were you were picking theologians for me from the from, from the ancient church, ancient theologians, which is would be anything before 1750. We use our same date here, right, from uh, contemporary or not contemporary, and I was picking for you uh, theologians after 1750 or modern theologians. I didn't realize we we're using the same uh, 1750 distinction. Did it work out for you though? Yeah, that's fine. All right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's our. That's it. Just should be the table talk radio timeline. Seventeen fifty ancient, seventeen fifty one modern. Just keep it simple. Uh, yeah, why not? Why not? All right, so you go first. Are you, are you gonna start walking around wearing modern clothing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know when the. You see, there's two different origins. I think from the cassock and surplus and the alb, the the different uh, priestly vestments. Uh, I don't know which are newer and which are older, and I don't know if both of them count as older. I got. I should do some work on that. Yeah, let me know. Yeah, you can post it to our forum at tabletalkradio.org <laughs> or call it. Call us on our toll free number eight six six eight five one five five two three. All of you experts on the on vest, liturgical vestments out there, you could put a timeline of these things on our forum too for us. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Interesting. Very points very for that. You get points for that if you put that up there. <laughs> Do you points know are flying out of here. Why don't you give give the listeners our number again? One eight hundred. Give me more points. <laughs> Never mind. All right, I've got a theologian for you. Ready? Ready. Oh, by the way, I need to I need to say something about this before I read it. All right. This quotation um, uh, uses the name of another theologian that would totally give this away. So I'm gonna omit the other theologian. All right. To understand. And if you can't get it, I'll I'll, I'll throw it in. Okay. Here right. it is. These proud and haughty people will not have this, and yet they do not re- maintain free will by purifying it, but demolish it by exaggerating it. For they are angry with us who say these things, 
for no other reason, that they disdain to glory in the Lord. Yet this secret theologian feared the Episcopal judgment of Palestine, and when it was objected to him that he said that the grace of God is given according to our own merits, he denied and he said so, and condemned that those who said this with an with anathema. All right, I got so so. Whoever this theologian is that you're giving me is a. Standing there, uh, teaching against free will and talking about his opponent, who was asserting free will that we receive the grace of God by our own merits. Good luck. That that's okay. a pretty, pretty tough yeah. hint. Okay. Okay. So you have more quotations or just this one? Oh, I forgot. We're supposed to do three, huh? No, I just yeah. have one for for a theologian. All right. I get extra points if I can get it. Then. <laughs> now, I, now I t- forgot how we do this game. You you uh um okay so. There were the great defender, of course, of the original sin and our lack of free will in the history of the church was Saint Augustine, uh, and and he taught against Pelagius. The, that quotation, though, has this language of merit and and all of this that sounds slightly medieval. But then there's this discussion of the Palestinian authorities. If I knew church history better, I would know who then would be the errorist in Palestine. But Palestine had a an early role in the church that gets diminished in the Middle Ages. You got the Crusades and all this sort of stuff. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that's Saint Augustine arguing against Pelagius. You are right, sir. All right. There you go. Sorry, I should have got more quotes. I'm sorry. Look at apparently that's good. It, it uh, doesn't matter. It's really the um, so Saint Augustine is really kind of the the highlight of the Church Fathers until you get to the Reformation age because he and he had a change of mind about this sort of thing as he has to go through these battles with Pelagius he realizes that to give too much credit or to give any credit to man's free will is to take glory from God and uh, and to diminish his goodness and his grace towards us and so he stands as the as the champion, the orthodox champion against the free will of man participating in salvation. And and because of that, he really becomes the the hero, especially of the Reformed Church. Um, they they really, uh, well, Calvin will really trace his theology through St. Augustine, even more than Luther. Uh, but Luther uh, called him the greatest church father and, and really uh, leaned on him uh, quite a bit as well. So so there you go. Sure. Well, and, and we still ha- kind of have uh, remnants of... of Pelagianism today, or, or what they what they call uh, semi-Pelagianism, what that uh, man cooperates with God in some way uh, in uh, salvation, um, but as as Augustine would would emphasize that that man has fallen, you know, he has no free will. If if um, Ro- you know, Romans says that that, uh, that what's it, what is it? This the spiritual spiritual man cannot receive the things the natural man cannot receive the things that are of the spirit of god is that what you're thinking about exactly yeah thank you so so if if the natural man cannot receive this, the 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 things of god how is it that natural man can cooperate with god for his salvation it just doesn't make sense it doesn't you know it, it's contrary to scripture so uh, yes the, uh, that semi-pelagian name is still around today uh, with you know those those who would teach a kind of a decision theology or or anything uh, of the, of the sort so well, speaking of that, I have my theologian. Do we have time here? I've lost track of let's, our time. Let, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Continue. See, it's a good thing I didn't have three quotations from this theologian, because we do yeah. have time. Hey, good point. So. <laughs> I know what I'm doing here. Ma- uh, the natural man is always trying to justify himself. Just. <laughs> well, well <laughs> I'll, I'll consider what you just said as we, uh, as we discuss your points over this break. We'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio. Hi, this is Evan Gigline. We at Table Talk Radio are concerned with the proclamation of the gospel for the salvation of the world. With this includes the expansion of Table Talk Radio. We would like to have Table Talk Radio broadcasted on as many radio stations as possible to proclaim the life and work of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all sin. But we need your help. Many radio stations across America allow religious programming in their lineup on a particular day, usually Sunday mornings, providing the programs pay for their airtime. Perhaps a radio station in your area would be willing to play Table Talk Radio 
and a local business or church would be willing to help support the costs incurred. If you would like to discuss this possibility in your area, please call our toll-free number 866-851-5523. Leave a message and I will personally return your phone call promptly to discuss this possibility. Thank you for your consideration in expanding Table Talk Radio for the sake of the gospel. After further deliberation, I decided that we, we'd normally award 200 points for a name that theologian, but uh, because uh, because I only gave you one, you still got it. I'm going to give you an extra 200 points. So 400 points bring you to a total of 1,100 points. Man, never seen that many points in my life. I don't know <laughs> what to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like the people that win the lottery and then are going to debt two years later. <laughs> I'm going to owe a bunch of Table Talk Radio points. That's right. All right. Well, I've got a bunch of stuff for your theologian here. I I really have too much, so I'll just read a couple paragraphs, and then you stop me when you got it. You ready? I guess so. All right. And what good is this definition from one position or direction to another, the passing from one side to another? In other words, conversion is simply the change in which you are going in one direction in your life, and then you start in a totally different direction. That is the simple meaning of conversion. It means to turn around. It means to change. A a Chicago psychologist once said, This generation needs conversion more than any generation in history. A famous British psychologist recently said, We are so psychologically constituted as to need converting, and if the church fails to convert people, we psychologists are going to have to do it. In other words, even psychology is recognizing the need that man has to be converted. The question I want to ask you tonight is, Have you been converted? The Bible teaches that you must be converted to inner heaven. The psychologist teaches that you must be converted in order to get the most out of life. The question I want to ask you is, have you been converted to Jesus Christ? Do you know it? Isn't isn't this Pelagius? We're already talking about him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's a little bit more Pelagius. I'll skip down to the bottom for for a little more Pelagianism. Uh, Uh, This is a modern, so it's after 1750, right? Right, that's right. Or 17, yeah. Let's see here. Now, involved in faith is not only head belief and heart belief, but it is your will. You must be willing to say, I will receive Christ. Christ appeals to the will of men. Jesus said, you will not come to me that ye might have life. Jesus didn't say, you couldn't come. He says, ye will not come. You will not come. There are hundreds of you that ought to come and give your life to Christ, but Jesus says, ye will not come. You are not willing for your will to be surrendered to the will of Christ. Jesus says, If you are not willing to confess me before men, I will not confess you before my Father which is in heaven. You will not. You put up a barrier. You will not bend to him. If any man will come to me, Jesus says. This could be anyone. I mean, anyone in American evangelicalism. Do I know this person? (laughs) You know, you know this person. Everybody knows this like, person. Like, oh, Pastor Bob from the little. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, here, here, well, okay. here's the last last bit here. All right. Have you been converted? Are you sure of it? If you are not certain tonight, I beg you to come. Well, the 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 guys who always hammer on on this show. It seems like a you know the the Rick Warren and Joel Osteen. I, I don't. I know it's not Joel Osteen. Um, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't sound like Rick Warren. So who else could be these popular? Uh, I'm trying to think who else. I have I have my list of, of of guys. Oh, I know who it is. This is just a guess. Are you ready? You're ready. Uh, I'm gonna guess this pastor Bill Hybels because he wrote this book. I had to read it in college. It was terrible. It's called yeah. Becoming a Contagious Christian. Have you heard yeah. of that book? Yeah, and uh, I, I, was, I, I was listening to another radio show one time when, when they were reviewing that book, and, and they instead called it Becoming a Pelagious Christian. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, it relied upon the, the teaching of Pelagius in, in order to, to do it. Anyway, am I right? Bill Hybels, is that the guy? No. Oh. You are wrong. The answer is Billy Graham. Oh, Billy Graham, of course. Of course, Billy Graham. 
See, you, but you, there, there's an interesting point there. This is from an October 3rd, 15, no, sorry, uh, 1958 15? sermon on conversion. Yeah, it's not that. And, and uh, this is from the middle of this. There's a this two-month revival uh, meetings, and this is right in the middle of it. And this is his sermon on conversion there. And and it's a it's really a it's really interesting to notice he did these doctrinal theses. I mean, he really his sermons are um, are kind of they're not arranged around the scripture text, but more around different points of doctrine. And he but he's preaching here on conversion about how. Uh, repentance is that we uh, turn from our sins, faith that we trust in God, and the center of it is that we're doing all of this, not that the Lord's Word is is accomplishing it. In, in fact, Billy Graham's magazine is called Decision Today, and this is his his big thing. He brings this revivalism and makes it so popular that what it means to be converted is uh, is to make a decision for Christ, to receive Him into your heart. It's a matter, and he said it so qu- clearly there, it's a matter of your own will which assumes all along that our will has the ability to do such a thing. But these two uh, texts that you uh, kind of alluded to earlier, 1 Corinthians 2.14 and Romans 8.7, talk about how no man's, man's will cannot. It's at enmity with God. It doesn't receive the things of the Spirit apart from the work of the Holy Spirit in the Word of God. So Man, and go. that was terrible. And he's talking about the psychologist, that, the, the, that we psychologists will make you repent. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what threw you off and, and got you because Billy Graham is known as a as a biblical preacher, but here he's quoting this, these psychologists that agree with him, and that's uh, that's kind of the modern thing, Bill Hybels type of thing to do. Uh, that was tricky. Wouldn't... I'm going to have to keep my eye on you. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's, let's well, get sorry, to this. no points for you, but you you got. Some, I think there might be some points on the line for our next game. My favorite, the Biggest Loser. For three years, The Biggest Loser has been changing lives. Biggest Loser saved my life. Bringing families together. We preach Christ. And inspiring a nation. Take charge of your preaching. Every day is a new day. You are the biggest loser! Over 6,500 minutes lost. Over 23 million sermons burned. And counting. It's time to make a change. Ready? Get set? Go! All right, it's time for The Biggest oh. Loser. This is the part of the game where we... Uh, oh, that is classic. <laughs> 50 million sermons. <laughs> Lost. Oh, where we listen to stuff. some popular uh, preachers give a sermon, and we just want to... Well, I don't know. The rules of this game kind of changed when, from when the idea first came up. We originally just wanted to take out the fluff and kind of listen to pure content. But then I was going through this and was like, even the content, what could pass as content, isn't good because they're misusing it. So I decided to, to see how much gospel is in a sermon, how much gospel uh, is, is contained in some of these popular preachers. So we have two preachers on the uh, on the treadmill today, right? Uh, and you gave you gave me a list uh, to yesterday, and you were going to do the weight loss thing. So I picked. Uh, did I pick Charles Stanley? Yes, you did. <laughs> All right. I, I forgot to do my math here, but I'll, I'll do it as we're listening uh, to the first clip of what we cut out of uh, Charles Stanley's sermon. And this is a sermon um, about going through tough times. Okay, and that's that's pretty pretty relevant a lot of people are going through tough times right now now pastor if you were going to do a sermon on going through tough times what what one thing do you think you would, you would want to be preaching about uh jesus and his tough time on the cross for us okay well let's see let's hear what charles stanley uh, preached about he says by faith he left egypt not fearing the wrath of the king for he endured as seeing him who is unseen now what does he mean by endured That word means to be strong, to hold out, to hold up under even the most crushing kind of pressure. There's a resolution, a fortitude that does not give up, that does not faint, that does not give in, that does not quit, that does not walk away. He endured. How did he endure? The Bible says that he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, here's what I want you to get if you forget everything else that I've said and everything I'm going to say. Here's the key to surviving tough times. Learning 
to walk in the continuing awareness that you're walking in the presence of God. That is what that verse is all about. Oh, see, it's enduring and, and learning to walk in the presence of God. I never knew that before. See, the, <laughs> the whole problem is when you get to this presence of God talk, and we've talked about this already in this show even, that there's this, the, the thing that is the most difficult to endure is precisely the presence of God as he stands in front of sinners. Uh, apart from the forgiveness of sins and the death of Jesus on the cross, then the presence of God is really, I mean, we stand as his enemies. We're in trouble. Uh, so it's true. We know that Jesus walks along with us all the way, but we, we know that he's there be, as our brother in the flesh, not as uh, the God who comes to uh, to destroy us for our sinfulness. So uh, with about a minute left here, Pastor, would this be law and or gospel? Well, you know, there's, I mean, there's potential to understand this as gospel if you if you were talking all along about how it's, I mean, what when really it's talking about Abraham, it's talking about faith. He trusted God even in his weakness and even in his sin. He trusted the promise of God, and that's to endure means to trust God in spite of everything that you see in front of you. And if you would have put it that way and then to connect it to the cross, this could have been gospel. But, I I mean, I didn't hear any of that. I don't think it was there. It's more like character and moral improvement. So this, I think, stands, uh, as I hear it, as as all law. You're right. Okay, we'll need to go to a break, and then we'll come back and finish up Biggest Loser. Uh, don't forget to—you know, last time we played this, there was an interesting discussion about our show on Chris Roseborough's site. So uh, why don't you just go onto our site and talk about it with us with the the, the source uh, tabletalkradio.org and then there's a forum you can talk about this show but you also read some some articles and such by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller and uh, some other great stuff on our website tabletalkradio.org we're going to go to a break and continue this game Biggest Loser on Table Talk Radio Table Talk Radio. The games are just an excuse. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. You are listening to The Biggest Loser, Table Talk Radio style. Oh, I thought uh, you were going to say are... me. <laughs> You're listening to The Biggest Loser, me. <laughs> oh, brother. Look at scoreboard. Uh, oh, yeah. The score total so far is 1,100 to zero. Law and or gospel. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it should be all law for seminarians as far as I can tell. Okay, Guilty well, consciences, empty hands. <laughs> We're listening to the preacher you selected for Biggest Loser. That is Charles Stanley. You know, I have to admit, when I was growing up, I listened to Charles Stanley a lot, more than I care to to admit. And uh, I remember one time he was talking about, you know, because there's always this question, you know, what about uh, what about those people that, that never hear the name of Jesus, never hear the gospel? You know, what about them? I remember him saying that uh, you have to intentionally trample over God for him to send you to hell. So if if you never hear the name of hear the name of Jesus, then then you're just automatically in. So yeah, that's a good 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 time to depart from uh, listening to a, a program such as Charles Stanley. But we have a, we're listening to a sermon for uh, Biggest Loser, and this is a, the next part of his sermon. Have you ever learned yet in your Christian life to walk in the awareness that every moment you're walking in the presence of Almighty God? Sovereign, loving, all-wise, faithful God. Let me tell you how you can tell whether you have or not. If you have seasons of worry and anxiety and fret and fears and cares and on and on you go, then my friend, you've missed something. doesn't mean that not any of us will ever reach the stage where it'll never come to our mind. When we have learned to walk in the awareness of His presence, what happens? We suddenly focus that against the fact that we are walking in the presence of Almighty God and there is no care, 
No fretting, no worry, no fear, no trouble, no heartache, no loss, no suffering, no anything that his all-wise loving hand cannot take care of absolutely, perfectly, and fully. All right, what do you think, Pastor? I think this is the theological error that is going to define uh, the next big debate uh, in the church, and that is the difference between being in the presence of God and believing in the promises of God. Uh, Do you see that everything here in this sermon is focused on how we are in the presence of God, and that is to deliver to us the comfort that only the gospel can give uh, so that God's presence is assumed uh, that is a good thing. But you just you just read the Bible and you realize that there were people in the presence of God, and not only did they have trouble still in the presence of God, but that their troubles came precisely from the presence of God. I mean, God was uh, destroying them or cursing them or sending, opening up the earth before them or, or, or whatever. This is not a... Uh, I guess if you assume, though, like you said Charles Stanley does, that human nature is basically good uh, and... Uh, re- naturally rewardable with eternal life, then you get this sort of thing that God showing up for us is a good thing. But it's just not the case. We have to have Jesus on the cross to have any of this comfort. We have to have the name of God, his, his coming into our flesh to to know the joy um, that comes from uh, that comes from his death in our place. And, and otherwise we just don't have it. That's right. Well, let's uh, let's get to the gospel. You ready, you ready to hear what's left after our, our sermon uh, Table Talk Radio exercise program? Ready. Here's what's left. <laughs> nothing. There was nothing left. Cheap, cheap, cheap. The he was running off. on the treble and just poof, disappeared. <laughs> he didn't even mention the name of Jesus the entire the entire. So, Bo- Joel Osteen has more gospel in his sermon than Charles Stanley in this particular sermon. Yeesh. This is look at if you guys are out there um, and you're aspiring radio preachers, which I'm sure we have <laughs> lots listening. Uh, here's a, here's a good rule of thumb: uh, t- you should mention Jesus in your sermons. <laughs> at least. <laughs> that doesn't oh. seem that bad. So nothing left. All right. All right. Well, so the hundred percent weight loss. <laughs> yeah, that's right, one hundred percent. And then the the uh, preacher that I picked was Beth Moore. Beth Moore is gaining a lot of popularity. She writes a lot of books, has a lot of speaking engagements. And uh, this particular uh, speaking engagement she does uh, is is talking about. Um, uh, well, I'll, I'll just I'll just play one of the clips that we that we're listening to. Melissa, my youngest daughter, asked me an interesting question about six weeks ago. She said, what would you go and say to this group if you thought this was the only shot you would ever have? It's a good question. Okay, I'm going to pause it right there. Now, she's talking to a bunch of eight, young adults, 18, 19, 20-year-olds. Pastor, if, if, there was, if there was one shot you had to talk to 20,000, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, what would it be? Well, I mean, we have to take our cue, I think, from the Apostle Paul who says, I came to you preaching Christ crucified. Uh, you're miserable sinners. And uh, but don't worry, Jesus has taken on your miserable sin on Himself, so that you can be uh, forgiven and have the sure hope of eternal life. Is that the response of Beth Moore? Let's find out. And I rewound the clock on my own life and my own ministry, which I surrendered to and felt the call to when I was 18 years old. So I want to tell you something. It's why this group is so important to me. I know huge things happen in the life at exactly the strategic point where you sit right now. I know it's real. I know that an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old, a 20-year-old, a 21, 22, 25-year-old really can hear the voice of God call his or her life out. I know that because I experienced it. And I was an idiot. So I promise you... God's voice is strong if he calls me to hear it. You understand what I'm saying to you? And I began to think to myself, what would I want to say after 25 years of experience? And I knew this was it. I would beg you. I would plead with you. I would be willing to make a fool out of myself to say, 
Learn humility early. What? <laughs> Man. <laughs> uh, so, no, the, the gospel wasn't the one thing she would, she would choose to share with all, all these teens. Um, well, I find it, you're hearing this more, uh, more and more often, aren't you, Pastor? The, the willingness to make a fool out of myself. But, and, and that's a mis, it's quoting Paul, but he's doing it for the gospel. He's not doing it to, so you would learn humility early. He's doing it for the sake of the gospel, that people know that, that, that Jesus Christ was the sacrifice for all sin. Not so you learn humility early. Yeah, there are two essentially different religions that both have the name Christianity on them. There is the religion that says that this life is about us getting better. And then there is the religion that says that uh, that we have no hope except to be forgiven. And I'm just so afraid that most of the preachers, I mean, this is really, it breaks, you know, it should break our hearts that most of the preachers and teachers out there that have the name Christian are convinced that this religion is about making people better. And that is just a lie. It's not what Jesus came to do. He did not die to make us better. He died to forgive our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and to give us his imputed holiness and perfection so that we can attain to, uh, to everlasting life. It's just two totally different spirits uh, at work under the same name, Christianity. It's really sad. Uh, here's another one by Beth Moore um, talking about humility. Number two is this. Humility is voluntary decrease inviting kingdom increase. Let me say that again. Humility is voluntary decrease Inviting kingdom increase. This is a very important part that I want you to hear. God has called you and not just called you, but you check it out in his word, not only in John 15, 7, but in the parable of the talents and in the parable of the minas in the gospel of Luke. You check out the scriptures and you will see that God has not only called you to increase, he has commanded you to increase. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. We have been called as a people to profound increase. But the way you and I get there is through decrease. We humble ourselves so that God can be huge in us. All right. Now, what, now what we're doing is, is that we're increasing in, you know, God's favor or whatever the kingdom by our by our decreasing by our actions you know we God doesn't reward us for the you know you're talking about behavior modification God doesn't reward us for you know, modifying our behavior uh for outward appearance in fact that's what the Pharisees did um what what's going on what she's talking about is is this this decreasing when when we confess our sins when we lay ourselves before God saying I am a dirty rotten sinner then he brings up sinners unto himself out of grace, but no merit of our of our own. You know, we all, how many times have you talked about the two parts of repentance? Uh, first, that we are contrite and sorry for our sins, and second, that we be, that we believe the gospel. That and it, and it's so important about that too, Evan, is that is that our contrition is something that's worked by the Holy Spirit through the law. Not it's not our own action either. Just as faith is, we're passive in faith. We're passive in. In contrition, so that the law does its work with us and and, and casts us down low, brings us to despair of ourself, and, and then the Holy Spirit comes with the gospel to lift us up out of that. So we're we're passive in all of this stuff. So I can't just demand that you decrease so God can increase. Decrease already. You 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 decrease me by preaching the law to me, uh, and the Holy right. Spirit convicts me of my sinfulness and convicts the church of its sinfulness and convicts humanity of its sinfulness it's to, it's the work of the holy spirit to do this not everything here is about you know all right here's i was talking to someone about they leave the sermon and they say they've got a list of five things they have to do to improve and this is the kind of thing i mean here this is what you've got to do it's almost as if god didn't even exist uh he wasn't even active in in our in our lives uh, taking away and giving and all of this it's all it's just all up to us it's just really terrible well let's let's start the timer again we'll get back to the gospel we have 2 minutes 
we have, we have two minutes to listen to this, and then we. Uh, I, I'm sorry to say that uh, Beth Moore didn't mention Jesus either, but she at, le- at least read the scriptures before, and and we're gonna play a little law gospel here too. So uh, here's the uh, only gospel in the form of reading the holy scriptures before her sermon. Who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Repeat that sentence. Made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father, that Jesus is Lord. Okay, so uh, here we have the humility of Christ that to, to come uh, humble himself and, and to die on the cross uh, for for our sins. Um, and so what she did is, is to take this passion of our Lord and then in her sermon say, look, we need to be humble. We need to be humble. Humble your Learn humility early. You're right. Oh, that's terrible. This is, I mean, the, the, take the text and said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who humbled himself. And so there is a sense that the humility of Jesus is is given to us. I mean, we are to be humble, but here to be humble, what to be hum- humble is basically the same thing as faith. Humble means to receive those things which the Lord gives and not to grasp for the things that he doesn't give. And so in humility, we don't grasp for our own goodness, for our own meritorious works. What we grasp for and what the Holy Spirit gives us in the Word is Jesus himself and and his humility and righteousness, his passion and death. And by having that, then, we we bow before the name of Jesus, and then we receive graciously, can you even imagine, we receive the exaltation on the last day that Jesus received in the resurrection, that we'll be resurrected to live with him forever. So this is a... Are we done? This is a beautiful passage of gospel, but it's terrible to, to twist it into law. And if we can even, well, she's she's reading the scriptures, so I guess, but I mean, she tears it up. But uh, if we can count that the the uh, you know forty six seconds that she took to to read part of Philippians there, that means she uh, had a weight loss of ninety nine point eight percent. So Charles Stanley wins with his hundred percent weight loss. <laughs> Oh, boy. And that's all the time we have for Table Talk Radio's Biggest Loser Sermon Edition. Uh, But visit our website, tabletalkradio.org, and chat with us about this. And we'll see you next time on Table Talk Radio. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to questions at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message 866-851-5523 Be sure to check out our website tabletalkradio.org Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio